Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Today, we'll be reviewing the February 27th edition of Raw. So let's get right into it. To start off, we had Jimmy and Solo coming out for a promo in which Jimmy stated that there is no tension in the bloodline. It is just pure family, you know, typical family fights and stuff like that. There is no cracks in the bloodline. The blind, He claims the bloodline is just as strong. And um, he just says he, he has to figure it out with Jey Uso. And they'll get that going soon because Roman will be on SmackDown. So before they could finish their promo, the Street Profits came out. They cut a good promo, you know, just making fun of them, cutting some some fun. Montez Ford, very, very funny on the mic. And that led into their match. So I'd like to get your thoughts on the match. And then also uh, what happened after with KO, we'll talk about that. Uh, so talking about the match first, I definitely think the match was very solid. Uh, you know, we don't really see much of Solo Sokoa on TV or like in the ring. So I think it's really good because I think he's very talented. So I think it's very good to put him into the ring. Uh, in terms of the Street Profits, uh, of course, they're a fantastic tag team. Unfortunately, I do think we're getting to that point. We're getting closer and closer to the point where, you know, it's kind of Montez Ford's show. And it, while Dawkins is good, like everybody's kind of picking up on the Montez Ford train. So the match was very good. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of the promos that were cut, uh, the Jimmy Solo saying there's no cracks with the line, obviously to say that, uh, obviously as fans, we know that there are cracks. Um, but I think it's good to kind of keep almost like Jimmy and Solo like oblivious to what's actually going on. Right. I think it just continues to build uh, stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, I think it was all good. And then to see Kevin Owens at the end, uh, you kind of had a feeling that he was going to come out or something. And you're just kind of building towards that eventual match with the Usos at WrestleMania. Like you mentioned, came to the rescue after a post-match beatdown and saved the Street Profits. It just proves that it truly isn't over between not only KO and the bloodline, but Sammy and the bloodline. And obviously they're going to have to merge paths and do it together. When, we, when will we get that? Who knows? But it'll have to be in the next month. Yeah, absolutely. Next, we have my most anticipated segment of this Raw, the Brock Lesnar and MVP promo uh, on the MVP lounge. So to, just to start off, what's funny about this is Brock comes out first. And that's, you know, the Brock Lesnar don't give a shit attitude. I thought that was a very nice touch. Um, all in all, the segment was, was pretty funny. So... Brock Lesnar was basically saying to MVP, you have to sell me this fight. You know, Brock Lesnar, he's been in the fight business for a long time. You have to sell me this fight. And if you sell it to me well enough, I'll fight your boy. He says, almost, not almost. He says, almost. So MVP sells the fight. You know, MVP's great in the mic. It's, it's a perfect, perfect promo because MVP could sell any fight that he wants to. Um, he sells the fight. Brock wants to drink. And now instead of drinking the, I believe it was champagne that MVP had in the MVP lounge, he had a flask in his vest. He called it white lightning and he drank it, had a fun reaction to that and gave it to MVP. He drank that white lightning and spit it all over Brock's face because he couldn't handle the, the drink itself. And then what happens next? I think we all predicted this. Brock Lesnar, F5's MVP. He accepted the match at WrestleMania against Om Omas. Uh, not very many people are excited about this, but I'd like to get your thoughts and I'd like to uh, see if you have any anticipation for this match. Uh, so in terms of the promo, I thought it was really good. I think you kind of said it. Um, 
in a match that so many people like aren't really anticipating, aren't really excited to see. I think it's good to have these types of promos where it's like funny and, you know, it makes us all entertained. Uh, of course, Brock is very good at what he does. And of course, MVP is too as a manager. Um, so I think having them to kind of Brock accepting the match and then having that little funny bit with the white lightning, like you said, I think it's very good in terms of the match itself at WrestleMania. I don't really know how excited I am for it. Um, again, it's just like we said in the last episode, like obviously Vince McMahon had something to do with this. Like we haven't seen Omos in weeks, months. And you know, Vince McMahon slowly starts making his way back to the company. And all of a sudden he's like, involved again and now Omos has a WrestleMania match so not really too excited uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out uh, I'm assuming that this match is probably going to have to do with the rebuilding of the Hurt Business in some way shape or form so maybe that's that's where they're getting at with this match um, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm overly excited for this match as opposed to other matches but I, I think these promos and, and weekly um segments are very as long as they're entertaining it could really build up and, and make people a little bit more interested than they are but I, I think people just have to give it a chance um i know it's hard to give a, this this brock lesnar fight a chance considering what happened at the elimination chamber and that uh was very underwhelming so I, I understand but at the same time you just have to give it a chance and let it play out especially if these segments are good on the weekly you know yeah absolutely next we have perhaps the best in-ring Match of the night, Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. I knew from the second I saw this match booked where it was going. Um, but overall, it was a great match. You know, these guys could probably put on a pay-per-view worthy match if they needed to in the future. Um, great skill sets from each guy. Chad Gable, week after week, you know, just overperforms. He puts in that work, and, and he will get his time eventually, like we keep saying. It's just a matter of, of when, not if. Cody Rhodes... Always, always a pleasure in the ring. Always great. Builds up his match with, uh, with Roman Reigns week after week. And especially after this match, as he stated, he will be on SmackDown this week. And he will most, he didn't say it straight out, but we are to assume that he will be face-to-face with Roman Reigns. And uh, just a great match overall. Great after match promo. Well, what do you think about the match? Uh, I mean, starting off, I mean, you have to applaud Ch- Chad Gable. Sure. Um, he has such an impressive skill set. He's such a good wrestler. And, you know, he just really hasn't been given that push. Like, again, we saw him with Jason Jordan, and they won the tag team titles once or twice maybe. And now he's always kind of been like that tag team guy. And it kind of sucks because he's so much better than being a tag team guy, um, which I think they're finding out with Montez Ford. So I think he's on the same path as Montez Ford. Um, I think, again, we're going to talk about this later, but I think Otis with now maximum male models, I think it just kind of pushes away him and Chad Gable and it puts Chad Gable on that singles path, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, so, so I think obviously, you know, Cody Rhodes had to win. You got to keep building him up. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, saying he'd be on SmackDown. Like we kind of talked about that in our last episode. We were like, Cody's going to have to go to Roman. Roman's not going to go to Cody. So I think that Cody coming to Roman now, uh, Friday night on SmackDown, uh, I think it was just very well said, and it's going to set up a good face-to-face that it keeps building towards their match. It does suck, though, that Chad Gable keeps eating losses. Yeah, it, it hurts to see, but but at the same time, you know, it's, it's not like he, it's a squash match. He, he always puts up a fight, and that's just a subtle way of saying, this guy's great, we know it, however, we need to wait before we push him. 
And uh, before we move on, I just have to say, I, I, I've watched Cody Rhodes give his finisher the crossroads since I was maybe 13 years old. This was the best selling on Chad Gable's part, the best selling of the crossroads I might've ever seen in my life. It looked painful. It looked like it hurt. And it just was an amazing crossroad crossroads. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that really quick. Yeah, definitely. The sell was good. I mean, going right on kind of like the top of his head, like it did look like it was actually really painful. And, you know, of course you don't want any of these guys to get hurt, but you can't always make it look so fake because you have to kind of have that aspect that these guys are actually putting in work. They're actually hurting each other. And it just continues to build like that personal aspect of these stories. So I think seeing that, you know, it actually looked really painful. Like Cody was really trying to hurt him. Like it, it's just, it's just so good. It's just such good storytelling. And that's all on that's Chad Gable. That's great work on his part. And even Cody Rose, that's great work on his part. Yeah. Just another example of how, how much Chad Gable works in this business. Um, next, we had a interesting, unique promo by the Judgment Day in which uh, Dominic Mysterio cut a quick promo on Ray, Rhea cut a quick promo on Charlotte Flair, and then Finn cut a quick promo on Edge. Uh, Damian doesn't really have an opponent for WrestleMania, so he, he didn't really say anything too important. But uh, it was a unique promo in the sense that everyone got their own promo. Everyone has someone, or most of them have someone to face. So I, I like the idea of this promo. I thought it worked especially for them not being too active on this episode of Raw. So um, just really quick, any thoughts, any any comments in the Judgment Day? I mean, the Judgment Day are great, and I think it's awesome that we're going to see all of them at WrestleMania. Again, I want to see – I think I really do want to see Damian Priest at WrestleMania. I'm not really sure how we're going to see him. Maybe Johnny Gargano. Uh, I don't really know, um, but I think definitely Dominic and Ray, Charlotte and Rhea, Finn and Edge, I think those are all going to be three – Really solid matches. Um, so, yeah, I do like the Judgment Day. I do like how they're getting pushed like this. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens as we go to WrestleMania. I think I just want to see Damian Priest, and I want to see, like, what Damian Priest can do. So I think he has a match with Johnny Gargano tonight on Raw, maybe? I believe so, yes. I'm not sure, but I think that was set up somewhere. And um, so I think I'm just excited to see Damian Priest and maybe build towards a WrestleMania match with him because I think if all four members of the Judgment Day had their own singles matches, it'll just be great for all four of them single and as an entire faction. Yeah, it keeps them busy, which is good. And usually when they usually when they pair the Judgment Day on, on their own separate matches, most of them will come out with the win, so that'll just um, increase their popularity and, and their success rate. Next, we had a singles match. It was Asuka, the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, who will be fighting Bianca at WrestleMania versus the returned Carmella. Um, they fought pretty good match. Asuka obviously won that match and uh, called out Bianca at the end. Um, before they could really get their promo, you know, going into works, Carmella attacked them, and that set up a match with Carmella and Bianca for next week. So thoughts on the match and, and what happened after? I think it was definitely a good match. First off, I'm glad to see Carmella back in the WWE. Um, I think she's a great talent. And uh, obviously we've seen her do her single stuff, whether that be Money in the Bank, SmackDown Women's Champion. So we've seen it. Um, I'm excited to hopefully see it once again. Um, I think obviously having Asuka win, you're right. It puts her over before her WrestleMania match against Bianca Belair. Um, what happened after, um, I think, yeah, you want to see Bianca. And then yeah, I think it was great to see Carmella kind of beat both of them up. And now Carmella fights Bianca. So Carmella's already getting kind of this, like, big queen treatment kind of thing. And I think it's really awesome 
for her. But, you know, right now we're still focused on Bianca and Oscar. but I think it's good to have this kind of third piece in the puzzle to make it more like of an enticing kind of story. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to see Bianca and Carmella tonight. And I think that's going to be super interesting. Uh, obviously, we'll see Bianca win. And, you know, if I had to put money on something, I'd assume we'd see Oscar at some point in that as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this was a very good match and it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. I, I like how there's different moving pieces in this scenario, right? You have Oscar who's coming out week to week and, and putting on a good wrestling performance. You have Bianca who's been mainly the mainly backstage and cutting her promos. And then you also have Carmella sprinkled into this little ordeal. And I, I like that. I like Carmella. I think she's 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 a good wrestler and I think she's very good on the mic, like, like very, very good. Um I like that she returned. I think it was a good time to have her return, especially since she was in the chamber. And I just like this whole ordeal. I think it's very entertaining and it's a very good for the women's division, I would say. Um, another women's match coming up next is Candice LeRae and Piper Niven. It, it was it was good for what it was. I think Piper's pretty badass. I, I like her. I like her aura. I like the way she works. Um, when Candice entered this match, she was followed by Nikki Cross because there's a little storyline going on there where Nikki has claims she has no friends and she wants to be Kansas' friend. Uh, I have no idea where that's going. I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that in a bit. But um, this match ended by Piper becoming distracted by Nikki and attacked, and she attacked her ringside, I believe. And then she just, she um, proceeded to get rolled up by Candace for the upset victory. And yeah, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this little Nikki Cross storyline? I think you kind of said it. Like, I really have no idea where it's going. Uh, I think it's so kind of weird. Again, we saw Nikki cross the elimination chamber and she looked good. Like she looked fine. I just think that it's such a weird kind of story. Like these whole, like no friends things. Like, I don't really know. I feel like Nikki cross is better than that to kind of be like this storyline piece. I'm not really sure we're going. I also don't think Candice LeRae is a very good wrestler. I think there's much, much better talent than Candice LeRae. So I understand that like, maybe you want to give her the, but like, this was the bat. This was the bathroom break of Raw. Like nobody really cared about this match. Like I, I, yeah, Piper Niven's okay. I uh, can't, but like it's so hard with like the women's matches that like don't mean anything because like they're right. just like not. And I don't want to be like political here. Like they're just like not like the men, and it's just like so tough to kind of sit there and just watch these matches. So I understand they have to do these little storylines with Nikki and Candice, but it's just like it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I'm not really sure where this is going. I hope it ends sooner rather than later. And as for Piper Niven, I guess we'll see. I'm sure we'll see her in some more singles matches as we come. And I really don't know where we're heading with this. Like, your guess is as good as mine. This is just a confusing story. Um, next, we had a good, a, the typical good Austin Theory promo. His promo was was basically stating that John Cena is coming to Raw next week or coming tomorrow or today, depending on when this is posted. Uh, John Cena will be at Raw, and he doesn't like that. He thinks that he deserves the respect. He is the U.S. champion, not some, you know, legend who had his time. He doesn't like that he's getting all the attention when when really Theory should be getting the attention because he's the now and, and he is approaching WrestleMania season. So obviously we, we know where that's going to go. That's going to go um, towards a John Cena versus Austin Theory match. So uh, I'd like to, to know your thoughts on – how this match, because it, it's it's most likely going to happen, how this match should go, and what do you think will happen on Raw when John Cena returns? 
Well, yeah, we're going to see John Cena return. Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting again. He'll get a great crowd reaction. Uh, in terms of Raw, I do think we'll definitely see Austin Theory, so he'll definitely meet him out in the ring. I'm not really sure if they'll go to kind of fight. I don't really think we're going to see any punches thrown. I think we'll definitely see John Cena is so good on the mic, and so is Austin Theory. So I think we'll definitely see both of them show off their mic skills. Um, and then heading into the WrestleMania match, you know how I feel on this. You, I always kind of said, like, you can't put a title on John Cena, but then you can't have John Cena lose a title yeah. match. So it's just so weird to me because it's like I, I don't know what their, what their plan is because we are going to head to that, and it is going to be for the United States title. So do you want to give it to John Cena and then John Cena – loses to somebody like i don't know maybe austin did retains and then what happens to john c he just goes with the wind again it's just like it's such a weird kind of story i i really don't know kind of what i want um i i just want to see a good match and you know john cena i know he'll put on a good match and austin there of course will put on a good match so it's just i but it's like a confusing story because i just don't know like what they want to do exactly with the united states title and like whoever wins like that how is it going to make john cena look I feel like he has his, his legacy and, and Austin Theory is kind of the next big young superstar. So do you think that this match John Cena can afford to lose and, and in other words, pass the torch to the new young talent that, that is in a way a version of a version of John Cena? I mean, my first thought was like you're kind of thinking of like the Undertaker, like yeah. when he lost to Roman Reigns and then he fought Bray Wyatt and he was kind of like boosting these other talents. And, you know, while definitely that could be a definite thing, like John Cena could just be boosting Austin Theory. He'll take the loss and Austin Theory will get a big win over John Cena. I guess my main concern is kind of like what I said, like, yeah, John Cena can definitely afford a loss. Like, of course he can, but it's just like, why? Like, why bring John Cena back to lose? It's just like, you could have said, I don't know. It's so weird to me. Like, why bring John Cena back to lose? Because then what? Because he's not an everyday guy anymore. So he's not going to come back on the Raw after WrestleMania and be like, oh, I want another match. Like, he's not. So it's just like, what's the point of a WrestleMania match, Theory and him, and then we're just, that he's just going to be gone with the wind if he loses. But if he wins, he'll go on Raw after WrestleMania, he'll have a U.S. Open challenge, and he'll lose. And, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, next was the Miz TV segment. So we've been waiting for a whole week to see what the Miz's news was. And his news was that he will be hosting WrestleMania 39. Um, before we get into what happened next, what, what are your thoughts on this? I, f- I feel like in the moment I was kind of iffy about it. But now that I, I realize the Miz is this big A-list celebrity, it kind of just makes sense. Yeah, I think Hollywood, I think it just kind of makes the most sense that the Miz is the host. Again, it was kind of always in the back. I don't know if it was always in the back of everybody's mind, but it's kind of like usually if you host WrestleMania, so it's like who was going to host WrestleMania? And, you know, me as a fan, I don't really know what a host of WrestleMania does per se. Like, I think it's just like a cool title. Um, But I think definitely Hollywood, I think you were definitely going to, The Miz is a great pick for that. Uh, I think I'd rather hit The Miz and a WWE superstar than some random celebrity who has no idea what he's doing. Um, so I definitely think this is a great idea, and I think it was great the way they presented it with the envelope, and then he um, made us wait a whole week. So I think it just kind of fills that up because, you know, the Miz didn't have a WrestleMania opponent, so I think it's good that, that he's still involved in WrestleMania even at this age of his uh, career. Yeah, you said it perfectly. It would be weird if the Miz was not involved in any way, shape, or form in a WrestleMania, especially 
a WrestleMania in Hollywood. So I think this is a good way to keep the Miz involved, like you said. And I'm excited to see if there will be any, you know, funny segments with the Miz on the night of WrestleMania. Next, we have Bobby versus Elias. And I tweeted out on our on our Twitter, Table Wrestling Twitter, before the match we started that Elias is going to get his ass kicked. And that's exactly what happened. This was just a squash match to put Bobby Lashley over it. Obviously, I, I like to see Bobby Lashley win in prominent fashion, so I didn't really have any issue with the match. Um, after he squashed Elias, walking back to the ring, or back to backstage, there was a virtual segment, um, which Bray Wyatt cut a, one of his weird little promos, this one being his, you know, muscle man uh, persona, and he, it, it was almost like a music video where he cut a promo about the muscle man dance. And it, it was silly and all. And, and after I get your thoughts, I'll, I'll explain why it shouldn't be looked at as silly and, and why it shouldn't be have a blind eye turned to it. But first, I'd like to get your thoughts on this whole little ordeal going on with Lashley and Bray. Well, I definitely think we could skip over the match. Elias, Bobby Lashley, like we all knew it was going to happen. Bobby Lashley beats Elias awesome. Um, In terms of what happened after the fact, I think it's good. I think you have to keep doing uh, things like this. Uh, when they're not going to be face-to-face, you know that he's not going to be face-to-face. So you have to just do these little things, and you have to um, make it enticing, make it exciting if they're if you're never going to put them face-to-face. Again, in our SmackDown episode, we'll talk about what happened on SmackDown. But I think this is a great start to the WrestleMania match, and I think those two talents are so good to get there, and they could definitely put on a great match. But, yeah, I want to hear your explanation that you talked to me about about why this shouldn't be looked at as such a foolish kind of thing with the muscle man dance. And like, cause there is a deeper story as you pointed out to me. Exactly. I saw this on TikTok. I forgot who said it, but many people are because the wrestling fans tend to be very critical of things. They're, they're just blindly saying this is stupid. It, it's silly. And um, I, I think they would change their minds if they hear why it's not silly. So basically this segment is a, Call back to Vince McMahon and how he loves to push the big, muscly, aesthetic wrestlers, such as, you know, you have Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. You know, he he has a cookie-cutter type of wrestler, you know, and that wrestler will always have that aesthetic, that those big muscles, the six-pack. So that, seg- that segment that Bray Wyatt had was basically basically saying, you Bobby Lashley, you are the muscle man, and you have been pushed – you know, based on your big muscles. And, and of course, Bobby Lash is talented, but he has the aesthetic. He has the typical cookie cutter look for a wrestler. So that's basically Bray Wyatt calling him out saying, I am not that cookie cutter wrestler, but I will beat you and prove that you don't need to be the muscle man to win a wrestling match. So I feel like that deeper meaning of this segment really makes me that much more excited for this match. Um, Definitely more excited for this match than Brock and Omas by, by far, but you know, just, just got to wait to play it by ear. Next, we have Johnny Gargano versus Otis. Otis walked out with the Maximum Men models, like you said, furthering that storyline and ultimately furthering a split between Alpha Academy. Um, they wrestled, had a pretty good match, I would say. You know, I always love a Johnny Gargano match. Um, and then ringside by the announcement table, while the ref wasn't looking, Mace got involved and, and I believe attacked Johnny Gargano, in which... Dexter Loomis returned and, and choked out uh, Mace or Masse. I don't want to say that though. Uh, Johnny Gargano got gets the win ultimately with his DDT. 
And uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on the match, and, and we'll talk about Dexter Loomis after, and, and your thoughts on how this match ended. Uh, the match was fine. Uh, again, I, I like you said, I like Johnny Gargano. I like his wrestling style. I'm not a huge Otis fan. I've never really been a, been a big fan of the bigger kind of like shorter guys. So again, I think of Otis, I think of like, like Lord Tensai, like Brodus Clay. Like I'm thinking like those guys who just never really had the WWE career because it's just so hard to kind of build those guys in like these 350 pound, 5'10 men. So right. it's just so weird to build those guys in. Um, I think the match was good. I think it was good to have Johnny win. And again, we're going to, I'll start the Dexter Loomis conversation. I think it is a little, it's a little off. Again, you pointed this out. To me, you were like, why is Dexter Lumis still such a big role in Johnny Gargano? Because we saw him be so dominant in the Elimination Chamber. So I think it's like Dexter Lumis isn't really big. I mean, we don't really, he doesn't really have a story. The crowd really doesn't, it doesn't really understand him. I'm not a huge fan. So it's like, I think Johnny Gargano is so good by himself. I think he could do it all by himself. He doesn't need these like weird little thumbs ups with Dexter Lumis at the end of matches. And to see Dexter Lumis choke some guy out, it's just like, why? For what reason? Right. And and honestly, I don't mind this whole – I think it, it's getting a little, you know, repetitive with the Dexter and Johnny. I don't mind it. I still find it entertaining. However, I would much rather Johnny be on his own. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I personally love Dexter Loomis. I like his wrestling. I like his gimmick. I just don't think it's it's necessary to pair him with Johnny Gargano. I think he'd be better off – they'd both be better off on their own – storyline you know I, I feel like Johnny as much as, as as good as Dexter is I feel like Johnny's levels above him he had a great NXT career I feel like he should be built up on his own and put him in you know in contention for like U.S. titles intercontinental titles world titles eventually you know I, I feel like that's where that should be going and uh, hopefully they'll they'll split them up sooner than later I, I don't know I don't know if Johnny and um Dexter will be involved in WrestleMania and, he, and he's way shape or form I'm, I'm really not sure i just hope that each man will get their respective solo career all right and then lastly for the main event segment of the night we had the women's tag team title match between becky lynch and lita and damage control um during this match bailey was resorting to her usual cheating ways trying to get involved before trish stratus returned and Basically went to go beat up Bailey, beat up anyone that was in the way, trying to ruin this match. Um, ending segment, Lita goes for the backflip on Io Sky, who was incapacitated on the ground. <clears throat> Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch has uh, Dakota Kai in an armbar, and they end the match one two three. Becky and Lita are the new tag team champions. So, so what did you think of this match? And then, more importantly, what did you think of the outcome? Because I know we, we have the same opinion on this, and I feel like a bunch of people do. So love to get your thoughts on that. I think the match was eh. It was fine. Again, I like seeing Becky in the ring, and I think EO Sky is really good. I just think both tag teams have wrestlers, that superstars, that aren't good. And I think Dakota Kai isn't fantastic in the ring. I think she's a little lackluster. I don't really think she has a real skill set, a real move set. And, of course, I think – yeah, good story, bringing Lita back. But, I mean, Lita looks so bad in the ring. I mean, she just looks slow. I mean, you could see it when she was kind of doing that little pump up. Uh, she did, like, two, like, straight arm closes, like, no real follow-through. Like, really just nobody really sold a real wrestling move. Um, so, I think the 
I think the match was fine. I just Lita's just not really so great, which I think is going to really hurt what's going to eventually happen at WrestleMania. Uh, and I think the outcome, like we talked about, is just like I we both were kind of shocked. Like we had no idea that Becky and Lita were actually going to win the tag team titles. So like, what does that mean? Like, why? So it's like, uh, so it's just like all these questions kind of keep circling. If you had damage control, you have that. You have Rousey versus and Baszler, and you have that great tag match at WrestleMania, and you just call it there. But I guess you kind of want to do it this way. You put Becky Lynch and Lita, and now maybe we head to Trish Stratus versus Bailey at WrestleMania. I'm not really sure. Um, so it's just like it's so weird. There's so many question marks with this title change so close to WrestleMania. Yeah, like you said, the match was fine for what it was. You know, Lita was very, very, very rusty, and it was hard to watch. Um, Becky Lynch definitely elevated all the other wrestlers in this match. So, so props to Becky Lynch. She always does. She always gets the job done. Uh, I just feel like if you're gonna have them win the titles, at least have Lita in proper in-ring shape. You know what I mean? I know it takes a long time. I understand it takes a long time to get back into in-ring shape, but don't. Don't put them on such a big stage and switch the titles if they're not in shape. You know what I mean? You can't just rely on Becky Lynch to carry Lita through their matches. Everyone can see that Lita is rusty, and I have the utmost respect for Lita, and she was great. But you can't just expect someone to come back off a hiatus and, and just purely wrestle. You know what I mean? Um, I, I I agree with you. I was very shocked. Like, my, my mouth actually wasn't was jaw-dropped. I, I, I was in jaw-dropping jaw mood after I saw that title switch. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think they were going to do it. <clears throat> Not only because Lita, you know, Lita isn't in wrestling shape, but also because you, you, you spent all this time building up, you know, and all this time, I mean, I mean a couple of weeks, but you spent time building up Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to be that tag team that can come in and win. So at this point, you either have Rousey and Baszler win and you have the tag titles just switch every couple months, you know, like, like it, like it's been. Or you have them being built up and losing, and that whole buildup being for nothing. So I, I feel like they should have they should have lost this match, Becky and Lita. And and the proper way to do it was to have damage control versus damage control versus um, Ronda Rousey and Baszler. And I just I just don't like this decision. I feel like it messes up the plans of the tag team divisions. And at this point, I feel like. You either have to elevate the tag team, the women's tag team championships, or just get rid of them because they've been not only collecting dust, they, they've not been meaningful. I, I, I they, they have not been nearly as meaningful as the men's tag team championship has been. So I feel like something has to change. Something has to change to elevate the tag division. Yeah, I think you kind of said it. It's like that. It's not like the men's tag team titles, and I think that's because, like again, we just ended a reign, so that's it. They were tag team champs for a hundred days. And that's it. Now the reign's over. You're done. So now Becky Lynch and Lita are going to hold on to it, what, for three, four weeks? And then that's going to be over. And Rousey and Baszler. And then, you know, damage control's not going away. And it's just like, you can't flip-flop titles every month. Like, that's just not how this stuff works. Uh, it does. It's not fun. It's not enjoying television to watch. Uh, um, so it's just like, like, again, what they used to do with the Intercontinental title and the United States title. Look at how elevated those two titles are now because there's Reigns. Theory and Gunther are fantastic champions. We're seeing great matches. The titles are wanted. But, I mean, other than Rousey Baszler and Damage Control, who's a real tag team in the women's division? I mean, we have none. I mean, you got none. Like, 
Tegan Knox and Natalia, that's not a tag team. Becky no. Lynch and Lita, that's not even a tag team. They're the champions. It's just like there's no tag team. So you you either have to get rid of tag team champions, women's tag team champions, because there are none, or you have to start creating some and building stories and making it enjoyable and something people want to win. Exactly. And it, it just thinks that that it's come to this. And I feel like damage control has, they've been fine, you know, but they had so much more potential to be fighting champions. You know, in a perfect world, you would have damage control defending the, the women's titles every week or every other week to build up stories. But like you said, there just isn't enough women to keep it, women tag teams to keep it, you know, non-repetitive and i feel like in that case that's when you start pulling wrestlers from nxt to come fight and build the women's tag team because a lot of those women's wrestlers in nxt are fantastic and i just feel like in a perfect world you know you, you need to have damage damage control more active because all they're doing is letting those titles collect dust and and to have them defend it after a couple months and they lose it right away it just it doesn't make it meaningful it doesn't elevate those titles in any way shape or form and it just it stinks that you have you know, representation in, in, in women's tag team division by having those belts, but they're not being elevated like all like virtually all of the other titles are. So it, it's definitely in, interesting to see. Hopefully after WrestleMania, Triple H works on reinstating a, a good women's tag team division and, and making those titles what they were when, let's say, Sasha and Bailey held them in the pandemic because they meant something back then. They don't mean anything now. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Um, and yeah, any, any final thoughts before we conclude this episode? No, I think we uh, we covered everything. Uh, not really any final thoughts. I'm excited as we keep going again. Tonight's Raw should be just as good. We're we're keep we're to keep going, and uh, we're ahead in WrestleMania. We're under a month away, so I'm very excited to see uh, where everything goes from here. All right, guys, that, that concludes our episode of the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Table Wrestling. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Broken Table Insta. You'll have our links in, in the bios on both those accounts. Uh, Twitter will we'll try and be as active as possible in posting updates on you know the live shows, any news. And Instagram, that's where you can get your news of our podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with anyone you know, anyone who likes wrestling. We really appreciate all the views. And we will see you for our NXT review which will be coming out in a couple of days. So be good people. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.